0: You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the original International Rugby League podcast for and by International Rugby League fans. What is up, Kangaroo Chasers, and welcome to Season 5 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. I'm your host, Michael Carboni. Welcome back. Yep, I am back. Um Aussie, Aussie listeners. You're gonna start calling me John Farnham because I'm back. If you're not Aussie, you probably won't understand that. (laughs) But um, if you listened to my last episode last year, you will have heard me tossing back and forth about, you know, finalising my term or my run on this podcast and what that could mean. Um, It got deep. It got pretty deep. Um, So thanks for those who listened, and and thanks for those who gave feedback. I was um, humbled. to be bombarded by the messages, the DMs, the comments, the emails. Um, I did expect a couple, but I didn't expect, you know, I was hearing from people that I hadn't heard from before, um, fans that I didn't know were listening, um, and it was really cool. And, of course, a lot of the ones that I speak to quite a bit, um, everyone had some really kind words to say, and um, I I realise how much this kind of means to a lot of people and to our little community. Um, this has been, you know, some sort of like, uh, I guess, you know, a very important part of our community, our small community, uh, where there's often a lot of negativity and a lot of tough times, but we sort of have been able to get through it together. Um, I don't want to get all too soppy or anything like that, but lots of great feedback. Um, and I realize, I guess, how important this show is to some and the networks we forged and, and how much I love it, how much I actually love doing it um so i know that um i've been busy in real life uh love my job love what i do love my young family really want to spend as much time with them as i can um but i do love this podcast as well so i've been what i did realize and i took the time you know i read the comments i spoke to some people i got some advice and i took the time to reflect over the christmas break as well and um What I realised was I was doing quite a few things. I'm doing a few things in the game, but really I just wanted to strip it back. I don't want to let go of the pod. I'm going to keep trying to bring this to you every week. Um, And I want to do that for Season 5 and keep it going because the passion's still there. And I've just let go of a few other things rugby league related um, that aren't as important to me as this. Um, And, you know, obviously... um, I'm feeling good about it all, actually, to be honest. So that's really cool. So I'm back. I'm here. Um, thank you again for all the messages. Uh, the godfather of International Rugby League. I, I, it's funny. The The rugby league in America boys call me that all the time. That is strange to me because that's Tasbier Terry, the godfather, uh, and maybe Rob Bergen these days. But anyway, call me what you like. Call me carbs, actually, if you're a good friend of mine. Um, we're back for Season 5 of Chasing Kangaroos. We've got a World Cup behind us. Um, It was it finally happened, I guess, which was the best part about it all. We saw some shocks with Samoa, but of course, Kangaroos still on top. We're still chasing those Kangaroos, and hopefully we get to see them in some international rugby league action this year. It's looking unlikely at the moment. We're not seeing much. We're not even sure if NRL players are going to get on the field, to be honest with you. I'm sure they will, but um, yeah player agreements, etc. Uh, not not what I'm going to be talking about on this podcast, but I'm sure you will hear it on Bloke, Matty Johns, when Phil Gould comes back with his pod, any Fox pods, anything. There's, they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be talking about that everywhere. But what I want to actually talk about on episode one of season five for the year, or episode 153, if you've been paying attention, if you've been with us for the whole time, um, what I want to talk about is why rugby league fans across the world should follow france's top tier and of course if you read rugby league news from twitter from facebook etc if you're a reader of the guardian you will have seen an article with that title and that's what's inspired this and the article came out a few weeks ago so i've taken a little break obviously but i'm back and I, i read this article and i thought i want episode one of season five to sort of touch on this article and and get take some points from this article, and I can sort of share some of my thoughts as well. Now, of course, the article was written in the Guardian by a friend of the pod, Gavin Willisey, Um, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. I'm sure many of you have read this already, like I have a few weeks ago. Uh, but if you haven't, you need to read it. It's a good one, and as I mentioned, Gavin Willisie, good friend of the pod. Um, he you can follow him on Twitter at no helmets required. Of course named after the book that he wrote about the, uh, the American all-stars in the sixties. Um, follow him if you don't already. Um, and also you can listen to a chat I had with him all the way back on episode 25 of this podcast. That was a long time ago, but it was a great chat. It was called let Greece play. Um, it's actually a good one to go back and see how far Greece have come. Um, Now, they've played a World Cup since then, which is really cool. And the sport is in a very different position now in Greece than it was back then. Uh, So go back and listen to that. It was back in the days when it was like three topics style episode. Uh, My co-hosts were sort of leaving me, my original co-hosts. I was trying to get others to help out here and there as guest hosts. And Gavin was one of those in episode 25. So uh, grateful to him. I went back and listened to that the other day, it was a really good app, so please go back and have a listen. Uh, if you haven't already, or if you have, and you know, it's just been so long, you just need some content, because you're waiting for the NRL to get started again, maybe. But um, great article. Um, and, and essentially it's about uh, the French Elite one, and how there's so many great quality players over there, but it's sort of going unnoticed, there's no media coverage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and why rugby league fans across the world should get behind the competition because, you know, essentially, apart from the NRL and Super League, it's probably, you know, and, and the lower grades here in Australia and over in, in England, it's probably the next best thing. It's the closest thing we have to another professional league. Um, it's not quite there, but the standards are sort of getting higher and they've they've sort of been around this point in the past, but it's probably the best that they've been for a little while. And that's probably because you've got some great talent there. Uh, Dean Ware, the ex-Kiwi. James Seguiaro, Papua New Guinea in Kumul. You've got Corey Norman, the Queenslander. Joseph Polo, former NRON and Super League superstar. Not to mention James Maloney's still over there. It's his second season in the Elite One after his stint with Catalans. You've even got French superstars, Morgan Escare, Tony Gijo, Hakim Maloudi. All over there in the Elite One at the moment, and I'll take a direct quote from the article, which is really interesting. It says, despite there being world-renowned players in every game, there will be next to no TV or press coverage, and only be a few hundred fans watching on inside humble grounds at various small towns. Such is the strange world of Elite One, where international stars go and their well-paid business uh, go about their well-paid business in a media vacuum um powerful stuff great players over there and you know you don't hear a lot about it we don't see a lot about it you know these games aren't really televised they're streamed on the various facebook pages of the clubs so if you if you can find them i encourage you get behind them Um, it's good good stuff Uh, but in terms of media coverage if you can't read french you won't see much about it hear much about it Um, in fact french media don't really speak about it. We've we've spoken to to people in the past on this podcast who've told us that, you know, you only really hear about these clubs in their small towns when it comes to media. Um and, and that's, you know, only in the Octane area, Octane area, uh, which is a small part of France. So it's it's an interesting it's just an interesting storyline, I suppose, that guys like, you know, James Maloney, Corey Norman, even James Segiaro, who would be recognised in most parts of Sydney. Um, here they are in France, ploughing their trade. Just some nobodies, which is kind of cool for them, I guess. But it's an interesting conundrum or an interesting scenario that we have. And I guess one of the questions that the article poses is: Where is the money coming from from these players for these players? So they're getting paid okay, um, I'm guessing. And it says that wealth—it's wealthy owners, sponsors, government. Uh, and the later trend set to pick up some steam leading into the 2025 World Cup. Now, since this article's been published, I have seen a little snippet from another friend of the show, Steve Mascord, on his uh, rugby league hub, where he says that he's heard that um, the French government are pulling around $15 in funds for this World Cup. So that's the first I heard about it, but Steve's usually finger on the pulse, so... One to watch doesn't mean things start to change here potentially, since this article was written. Um, but nevertheless, pushing on, the players are there, and it sort of begs a question: You know, do we want to see Aussies in key positions over there, passing on their experience and skills, helping upskill players, or is this talent over there in France actually blocking pathways for young French talent? So another one of the questions posed by the article and it's an interesting one you know you've got you know lesignan with imports maloney and norman you know doing their thing and you've got a, a club like carcassonne mostly french um doing their thing and both of those clubs are in the top three at the moment both doing really well they always do well but but you can see one you know with the aussies and one with the mostly French. And, you know, personally, I like the mostly French method, of course, because I'm an international rugby league fan, but I can't help but think that some of the the Aussies and Kiwis in key positions can only help. Um, To me, the pathways, you know, they're not quite being blocked because we're seeing more French players than ever in Catalan and Toulouse squads as well, which is really cool. So to me, it seems like it's helping. Um, And I've got some points on this later on as well, but um, interesting stuff, interesting insights that come from this article. Um, now, this is the the biggest part and the main reason I wanted to talk about this because I've spoken about this before and I've heard, there's a couple of things in this article that I haven't heard before which relate to something that I've spoken about before. And that is the importance of of rugby league, setting up a professional French competition, getting behind a professional French competition. Um, And this is important for a number of reasons. I've said this in the past, but at the moment, you know, all of our international rugby league is supported by basically the NRL and and the Super League and and the T's below it. Um, It means the NRL has a lot of power when it comes to international rugby league because, you know, they dictate where the players go. The clubs dictate if the players can play internationals. Do they go to World Cups? Do they play mid season? Do they, et cetera, et cetera? Um, we saw it in the Denver test when the NRL pretty much blocked the Kiwis playing England in the US for more, more than once. You know, that was meant to be a three year deal that was blocked by the NRL, we, or by the clubs, I should say. We saw the NRL block the, um, the World Cup in 2020. One and instead it was played in 2022. Uh, Some of the clubs were actually against that. Many of the players were against that, but the NRL had the power to block that. By having more professional rugby league around the world, it it gives less power to the NRL, and I'm not saying the NRL are the bad guys. They're doing what they have to do. It's a powerful competition. A lot of the money is there. It's the biggest rugby competition in the world, full stop, so they're going to have power. Um, But from an international rugby league perspective, we need to distribute the power a little more evenly. So a third professional competition will start to help that. And and obviously a growing Super League, hopefully, which Super League, not quite growing, um, definitely not compared to the NRL, but we need that's another story for another podcast. Um, the other point is if we have a strong French competition, then it helps England and it helps rugby league in Europe because at the moment, as we know, as we saw at the World Cup, Uh, Europe, very far behind the Pacific, Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Fiji, these are all nations that um, apart from England, uh, they would shellac anyone in Europe, it's not even close, Um, so we need a stronger France to give England some competition and to help improve and set up some pathways for some of the other European nations so that we can even it out across the hemispheres. Um, And I think that's important. I think that's really important. We don't want our game, although it's more popular than ever, uh, in the Pacific nations. And, you know, I think that a professional French comp can mean that we start to even things out a little bit. And, And many have argued that to improve French rugby league, we need more French clubs in the English pyramid. And many of you will know that I kind of sit on the other side of that fence. Um, I want to see a long-term plan for Catalans and Toulouse to move back to a professional French competition. I want to see less French clubs in the English pyramid, which, you know, to some, you might think I'm crazy saying that, but really, um, we need to plan eventually for it to go that way and the article touches on this which excites me a little bit it's really cool there's a few things here so um hinting at french the french exit of super league in the article so they're saying that img's promise to limit the number of overseas teams in the british game at an unconfirmed two would prevent a club such as carcassonne joining the english system carcassonne's a club that you know potentially at league one level they could do some good things it's um it's a good brand in rugby league. It's a popular sport in Carcassonne. They do well in the Elite One. And they could be successful in League One and maybe move up. So Carcassonne, mentioned here, would make a lot of sense. But if IMG are limiting the number of overseas teams in the British game to two, then you know that only leaves room for Catalan and, and you know Toulouse is the next one, really. Um, unfortunately, for, for others. But is that a bad thing? So could Catalans and Toulouse bring their glamour and commercial clout back to the domestic competition? Now, the CEO of Toulouse, Cedric Garcia, is... is is quoted in the article so he says and I'll take the quote from the article at the moment no he says in answer to that question so the gap is too big he says I know Luc Lacoste the president of France's rugby league federation is working on a professional championship which would be launched after the world cup in 2025 in France this could maybe open some new opportunities but this is clearly in the very long term now that's really cool <laughs> okay because This is the first sort of concrete evidence that I've seen. I've heard it around the traps, but I haven't seen it like this, stated like this before. I know Luc Lacoste is working on a professional championship which would be launched after the World Cup in 2025 in France. That excites me because that's exactly the kind of thinking we need. It's ambitious, as it says here, from Luc Lacoste, who also has been on this podcast, by the way. So, just go and look at that. It's one of our more popular ones. So, have a listen. Um, but this is the kind of thinking we need. We need to start thinking professional French comp after the World Cup, like get off the back of that World Cup, launch a competition, bring back Catalans, bring back Toulouse, um, and let's go. Um, so, the article says Lacoste's ambitious plan for a 10 team city based competition that will launch after the World Cup in 2025 would surely have to include Catalans and Toulouse. It sounds a bit far-fetched fantasy, but has its roots in history. When Rugby League bounced back after the Second World War, having been asphyxiated by the Vichy regime, it had a top flight that contained clubs in six of France's ten largest city. Marseille, Bordeaux, Lyon and Toulouse all reached championship finals Paris had an established professional club, Celtic de Paris, and Montpellier were up there too. So these are all cities we need back. Um, The shape of the elite one is very different now. Still quoting the article, guys. This is not me speaking. The shape of the elite one is very different now. All 10 clubs, or all 10 of its clubs, are based in one region, Occitania, and none of them play in in a town with more than 100,000 people. There is no current TV deal. As I mentioned earlier, it's all Facebook streamed. Even regional station Octani hasn't shown a live game this season and the clubs are left to stream matches online. So that's what makes it ambitious. At the moment, we've got 10 clubs in one region, a small region, small towns, no TV deal, um, no media, um, under 1,000 people typically watching games live at the game. And where we've got this ambition to be a 10 team city club professional league, city based competition in three years after the World Cup. Very ambitious. Um, Can we get there? And should we get there? Um, I saw Tasbia Terry commenting on this very article. I think it was on LinkedIn. And he mentioned something that I hadn't seen before, actually. So that um, in the mid-90s, so this is before my time in terms of my love for International Rugby League, so in the mid-90s, an eight-team semi-professional French regional competition was launched. Uh, It only lasted for a year, and it lacked the the financial authority to remain more than its inaugural year. And this is something that I just learned. So um, would we be making a mistake doing this again? Or can we learn from that mistake? Um, obviously, back then, the finance wasn't there. The money wasn't there. It didn't work. Can we make it work this time around with World Cup, with some government funds, with Luke Lacoste, the man behind it, with Toulouse and Catalan already in a position? Um, can they do it? I hope they can. Um So here's my takeaways from it all. And it's a quick episode today, guys, but lots to think about. Um, Final thoughts across the board on everything that I've said today. We mentioned Aussies and Kiwis over there. Are they holding up pathways? Are they helping? I think we need to build foundations in education and pathways. Um, We need to see roots growing in France. So three years is a short period of time for a professional competition, but we can, we certainly have juniors coming through at least for two or three clubs. We have, um, a place where, you know, Aussies, Kiwis, English, etc., can play. Um, we even have a place where other pathways can start to come through as well. So, um, and I'll get on that a little bit further down the line, but in terms of Foundations, education, pathways. I'd love to see guys like Maloney, James Maloney, stay even longer and move into coaching. So, this is where the younger players can take advantage of that experience and the true pathways can begin to open up. So, James Maloney, loving it over there, obviously. He stayed an extra few years after Catalans. His young family, um, what a great place to be. So, you know, maybe people like him can stick around a bit longer, get off the field, give that jersey to a French young French dude and teach them the way. Um, I think that could be a good way to do it. The next generation of coaches over there, a big chunk of them probably need to be Aussie for a little while. I know that sounds like I'm a dumb Aussie saying dumb Aussie things, but <laughs> that's that could be the way for the next generation, bring through these French guys and then they can start to do it more their way as well. Um, we need to fix the media issue. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I'm on this side of the world. I know we've got friends that listen to this pod. Please reach out. Let me know what you think. Um, After I release this episode, tweet at me. Let me know what you think. Maybe we'll record a backup episode after this with all of your thoughts about my thoughts. So that could actually be really cool. Um, Another big takeaway for me is, and I've said this before and I've tweeted this before, I think Aussies... Aussie rugby league fans would absolutely eat up elite one in summer. So, like, if they could somehow do a deal with Fox Sports, Ko, um, it would provide small commercial benefit to the league as well. Um, and I can see a lot of like rugby league fans hungry for a bit of rugby league in the summer, turning on a bit of French elite one. I'm not saying it, they would watch in their millions, but certainly it would rate okay compared to some other summer sports we have here and it it's a different style we get to see some of some names that we recognize it could be a bit nostalgic you know James Seguiaros and Joseph Paulos and James Maloneys it will be very nostalgic and i think a lot of hardcore rugby league fans here would absolutely eat it up um but you can't do that without a french deal first so you know KO Fox they're not going to buy Fox Sports aren't going to buy streaming data from from the clubs on Facebook so we need you know, we need a French channel to take it on and then for Fox Sports to buy the coverage or buy the footage from there. But again, it could be a little bit of a money boost there, a small commercial benefit for the French leagues. So that's super important. I think that's a massive takeaway um, and one I'd love to see happen in the next few years if possible. Um, uh, And not to be negative, but I can't see that really happening as long as it's a second tier competition. So you know, maybe that's one of the things we build up towards. And in, and maybe it's in Luke Lacoste's plans, I'm not sure, but selling some rights to the professional competition to Australia, it's got to be a go. Um, i love to see that pro competition after the World Cup. Uh, should it be 10 clubs? Should it be 8? Should it be 6? Should it be 12? I'm kind of thinking 4. Um, for me, you base it around the heartlands. So it's like you got your Catalan, Toulouse, and you've got Carcassonne, Lesignan, maybe even a Montpellier. I know it's not a true heartland at the moment, but you've got a couple of clubs there. They've got a history for rugby league, and it is a big city. Um, it is one of the top ten cities in France. Um, then you go four bigger cities. So you have a Paris, a Marseille, a Lyon, a Bordeaux. And the reason I say that is it's it's look, it works in the NRL where you've got your heartland has at least half the clubs, and then you start to expand. It's working in the NRL at the moment. It's quite crazy how it works in the NRL. It's quite unique how it works in the NRL, but it works. Um, the UK, maybe it's some advice they could take. They, they're they very big on their heartland, that M62 corridor. Um, they need to expand out. Do they need to be thinking like this? And, and maybe for France, like let's not turn our heartland away. Let's not forget where we are popular, where we come from in that Octania region. That is their M62. That is their you know, New South Wales and Queensland. Um, let's make that the heart of the competition and let's build out from there. So, you know, if it's Catalan, Toulouse, Carcassonne, Les Montpellier, Paris, Marseille, Lyon, Bordeaux, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking eight clubs. I think it can work. It's a short period of time. Um, it's probably you're looking at championship level. Um, you want to build it up to Super League level very quickly. Um Because what you end up doing and what would be really cool is you end up having a European Championship at the end of the year. So uh, this excites me more than anything else. But you're obviously going to get more England v France games, more test matches. But at the end of the year, imagine the Super League champion versus the French champion, France versus England champions. Um, You know, the Aussies may not want to play World Club Challenges regularly uh, but France v England, every year, the winner is the European Rugby League champion. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm salivating. That's the best. That's, that's where we need to get. Um, and I just think this sort of thinking, as I said, it's critical for our sport moving forward. Uh, we want a strong competitor. We want England to have a strong competitor to grow with in their neighbourhood. Uh, and open up more pathways across Europe if done correctly, right? Because this is – again, this probably needs a whole nother episode here so I can dig deeper into this. But you take – if you take – at the moment, you've got 12 clubs in the Super League and IMG is doing what they're doing and they might have less clubs, more clubs. They might not call it – they're probably not going to call it the Super League anymore in a year or two. Um, But if you can – if you take – Catalan and Toulouse out of that pyramid, then it leaves some spots. And it means that the Super League can start focusing on Newcastle or London or the Midlands, right? Or they can start focusing on a team in Cardiff or a team in Dublin or a team in Glasgow. You know, they can start doing that and expanding and growing some of those other nations, your your home nations, right? And I think That is where I'd like to see Super League go at the moment. We've seen French clubs included, which I've loved. We've seen a club from Toronto included, which you know my heart broke when that ended the way it did. Um, But I'm starting to think if we do it this way, if we have a strong French League, then Super League or whatever it ends up being, we focus on growing England and growing the home nations. Meanwhile, this French League, ambitiously looking longer term, You can start to include, you know, Barcelona in Spain. You can open up some pathways. Like, there's no reason why you can't have players from Italian clubs or Greek clubs or Serbian clubs um, coming through into this French league. Um, It could actually be a good pathway for more players. And really, it's Europe growing Europe. And I'm really excited by that. And like I said, there's probably a whole nother episode here where I can dig deeper I'd love actually to have someone with me talking about that one so um, maybe we'll do that in the future but I think there's a huge huge um, discussion to be had and that's how we have to think that is the type of ambition we need to have I don't know if we have the balls to do it um, but that's where I think we need to go because that's me Um, episode one for season five 2023 Uh, give me your feedback on twitter uh, follow me. Um, I'm at Chasing Roos Pod, Michael Carboni. Um, give me your feedback. If you have other thoughts, if you have ideas, share them. If you like my ideas, if you hate them, tell me. Um, if you've got better ideas or different ideas, tell me as well. And like I said, it could be cool. I'm going to do more and more episodes like this. So just to give you a taste. So for the rest of this season, I am going to have some more. I'm going to have some interviews. I'll do some Ask Carbs episodes. In fact, next week will be an Ask Carbs. I've got some great questions from you. Um, but every now and then will be me talking about one topic like this, digging deep, sharing ideas. And I'd love for you guys to share your ideas back. And if we get enough good ideas back, then it means I can do like a sequel or a supporting episode where we share some of your ideas and unpack them a little bit. And And this is how the game grows. I've had... Some of the feedback I had, going back to the start of this episode, some of the feedback I had from some people within the game, growing the game in other nations around the world, the feedback from them was, um, I've loved your pod because it's given me ideas. It's helped us come up with new stuff. We've implemented stuff. We've built connections. And that's what I want to keep going in this community. So if you have ideas, don't be afraid to share them with me. Uh, Twitter's the best place to do that. Um, And of course, you can support us by subscribing to the podcast, by listening to the podcast. Um, We typically, this season, I'm going to try and go for two episodes a week between myself and the guys at the Rugby League in America pod. You'll hear them this week if you haven't heard them already with their first episode for the year, uh, Dustin, and now Lance, the new co-host. He'll explain that. They'll explain that on the show. But fast becoming... What do you mean becoming? The Rugby League in America pod, it's probably my favorite rugby league podcast. Um, I love it. Um, and I know you, a lot of you guys do as well. So please subscribe to the channel wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, whatever, wherever you listen. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're giving us some five stars. Rate us and review us. Leave comments on Spotify as well um, and support us. Support the show. Support the community. Um, we're back. We're in it for season five for 2023. We're growing the game. Let's grow it together. Uh, support us and we'll keep supporting the game. So guys, great chat. Um, I'll leave the, the article in our show notes because it's an absolute cracker. Gavin Willisy, well done. Uh, I know you're listening, mate. So thank you. And guys, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. I'll see you next week.